Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I'm so excited to have on a 46-year-old from Cardiff, Wales. He has been with the Shed's favorite team since 92. As a player, a two-time British Hockey League champion, a one-time British Super League champion, two-time Challenge Cup winner, and a KO Cup. And as a coach, was a Challenge Cup champion with yours truly. Helped get the Cardiff Devils kicked out of the hotel in Sheffield, I believe. Rumor has it. He is back behind the bench in 2022, and his podcast, Behind the Bench, was the first one I ever did and inspired the Shed and changed my life. So thank you, and welcome to the Shed, Neil Francis. Hey, Wally. Delighted to be in the Shed. Yeah, excited. I know. It's busy. It's early, man. (laughs) (laughs) It is for you, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, when you want to do something, you got to do it, right? That's right. Time change can be a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So how we know each other. I just thought of this when uh, you popped into the zoom call here was uh, there is a picture of you with your old man. And that made me think of when we won the challenge cup together and uh, that drive to the game, you were getting sent photos. eh? I remember you showing them to me on the back of the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We we were getting, uh, getting ready for the game there. Everything's all serious. And um I get, I get a message from one of the owners um, and I think it's, and I knew they were up there ahead of us. So there's me thinking that they had some intel on the, the Sheffield lineup or something, uh, you know, it was going to be something serious. And I open it up and there's a, a picture pops up of my dad on the uh, supporters coach with a pair of boobs on his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boobs on the back of his head. Um, that came up on the owner's uh, trip to the shed. It was Shawstack that took that uh, picture. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those uh, fan buses can be a heck of a time. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still scarred from that. My dad. <laughs> I don't think he was scarred at all. I think he enjoyed every second. Yeah. That he yeah. did. It was a pretty big <laughs> smile. I saw on his face in that picture. <laughs> uh, another way we know each other is you may or may not be aware of this, but Friday night, your rink is going to be littered in Buenos and Twix. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. Buenos for the boys, folks, Jack, That's Evan it. and Colby episode yep. 115. I think I don't know. i doing a lot of them. <laughs> Wally still influencing Cardiff devil match nights. Hey? Wow. You got to stay involved even from your shed, right? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's another part of how we know each other was uh, the last time we would have seen each other was a Cardiff Devils match night, eh? It was, yeah. A very memorable one. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get to see the show or video at this time, you sicko. <laughs> no, no. I was uh, I was rolling out the red carpet for you. Yeah. Um, I remember actually one of you were one of the things I remember when I had done the speech and you would have known exactly what type of stuff was going on in that room. 
<clears throat> and then I had to get dressed uh, business casual and run around the arena. And then uh, you were at the penalty box and the look you gave me was like, what, what, what just happened in there? Well, I knew something good would have happened. <laughs> and then I walk out on the red carpet with gelled hair, nice slacks on. <laughs> yeah, like a modern day Superman. <laughs> God, it was fun. Um, actually, funny story. I had Mark Flood on last episode and he's buddies with Dixon. And then yep. after recording, he's like, so like I was talking to Dixon like a year or two ago and he's like, do you know this Brent Walton guy? Guy's a nut bar. He came into our room naked. I don't even know the guy. <laughs> and, that, and I think that's the best thing about when you came back from Wally Knight and did the pregame speech is that uh, there was a, a bit of a changeover in the room from the last time you'd done it. So a lot of those guys had no idea what was coming. They didn't coming. know what was coming. No, they saw and, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think you mentioned it was uh, Shane Morrison's first game as a Cardiff Devil. Former well, NHLer, they don't have yeah. pregame speeches like that in the NHL, no, folks. Hey, it could change the NHL if they did. <laughs> Maybe people would smile and enjoy the game in the NHL then, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, they did. That's quite the speech. But uh, okay, how else we know each other um, is, I guess, uh, you were my bench coach for the Cardiff Devils, 2014-15, eh? Yeah, I was. Well, we had uh, real life Reggie Dunlop, Andrew Lord as the uh, the player coach. Um, I was the bench coach and in the, uh, in the first couple of years yeah. of the new ownership. Um, do you think Andrew Lord overplayed himself? <laughs> well, wouldn't you, if, uh, if you had the chance to put yourself up with Joey Martin and, uh, yeah, I would have set and number one PP unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember. <laughs> I remember. I still think I had the most points per ice per ice time average. points per minute points, points per, per minute, minute. Is, that, is that a thing i think yeah, i, I think i led the league in that okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. and this episode has been brought is brought to you by gb sportswear based in mm-hmm. panarth wales folks and they uh specialize in football rugby hockey netball and cricket attire i checked out the website they got a lot of nice clothing there and uh they can make your team look like a team right franny that's right. Um, my uh, my ball hockey team that uh, that I'm big into. We we play every week. We just had a a new set of uh, jerseys and shorts and socks and everything. GB Sportswear came up huge for those, and they look fantastic. And I think that's I think I sent you poster, over a picture. Eh? Yeah, that the poster, was, Yeah, I'll I'll post that. That's GB Sportswear, folks. So if you got any teams or anything that needs some attire, check them out at uh, gb-sportswear.com. And that's based in Penarth, folks. So check them out. Um, but yeah, they did have really nice stuff that I saw in there. Um, okay, moving on though. What was else was I gonna say? You, uh, the other part of how we know each other, other than you were the <coughs> the bench coach, is um, I believe there's a couple times you even videoed the pregame speeches. Yeah, you, you sicko. <laughs> important role <laughs> to get to get those things documented. Um, it was uh, yeah. The there's a there, there's a couple videos out there that uh, <clears throat> if you boys just want to hit the lead on the phones that's fine yeah 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 they won't see the light today it's just uh, i think no, the last time the last time we actually played it is when um on my podcast we we got the uh challenge cup winning team back together and then after we stopped recording then the guys stayed on for probably an hour and had uh had, had a good chit chat there and we were talking about it and i and I brought it up on my phone and played it over the camera, and the boys are just loving it. Oh, brought back gosh. some good memories. Yeah, it was uh, <clears throat> uh, the Sheffield one, perhaps. I think it might have been Thor. Yeah, uh, Thor or Steeler Dan getting a 
tasting from Stormers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now the whole now Stephen Dixon and the whole new wave of Devils get to know what my yeah. junk looks like too in the videos. To I know it. Sam Duggan's still watching the video. That little sicko. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He asked me if he could if he could see with his own eyes. I think it was the uh, it was the Hulkster and the Mini Hulkster when Colby got involved too. Right. Yeah, that one was a bit weird too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Dougie better be hiding in the net on Friday because those Buenos are going to be coming out of hot. <laughs> yeah, he's better have a big game. Yeah, he better. You've got to earn your Buenos. It's like Wally night. You can't lose on a night like this, folks. Get ready. Yeah. That, you know? that was a tight one, though, wasn't it? Remember, remember it was 0-0 zero, zero in the third period, yeah. that, and that's me why and I didn't Hendo know what to do. There. Yeah, Me and Hendo stood there drinking beers thinking, oh, my God, hang on. And he's like, I've got to get over that section, but I've – I, I don't want to do it. And then they score and it all goes wrong. And then, then there was a five on three. Yeah, you, had, you had a feeling, didn't you? Oh yeah. As soon as the first penalty happened, I'm like, Oh yeah, Marty's got this. Then they took a second one and I knew it was go time. <laughs> yeah. And you were gone. <laughs> I was. The next thing you know, me and Hendo are looking across and there's a big flag and there's a, a, a shirtless guy in it. And it's, there's Wally. It was a real life. Where's Wally game. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah actually uh, shout out to Lee Freeman designs that uh, do all the posters. He made a where's Waldo in the crowd that, or where's Wally in the crowd after that night. <laughs> it was a fun time. I had a great time. Thanks for having me over devils. <laughs> i don't know if anybody else had fun but i did <laughs> that was the main that was the main objective so did i hear rumor you're back behind the bench that's right yeah yeah i'm doing my own kind of uh superman impression with my dual life you're um, back eh? so yeah. and you and we'll get into you work nine to five too but uh anyways we'll get into that so you're back behind the bench what are you doing the d I'm doing the d yeah which is a which is a first for me but i like it because you uh, yeah you always did the forwards right well, yeah. You did well, both. The, Who did the D with us? The D sort of ran itself, didn't they? They um, did, because there's only you back there. Yeah, because Lorda was on, on the ice. So I was pretty much running the forwards, which is is probably, you know, well, it is the tougher thing to do. Uh, and the D just kind of did their own thing, and, and it was all good. So, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of that is the, uh, the same this year. We got, you know, so many great pros back there. You know, when you look at Richie and... You know, Mickelson and Registers won a bunch, and Batchy Lou, and you know, and, you know, now we got they know what's up. They, they know what's going on. But uh, I tell you what was the the early challenge on the D is when you go down a D man, especially in those early days when we had guys missing with COVID and injuries and stuff like that. And luckily, Todd was on the the road trip in the CHL game, and we had five D men going because uh, Mickelson was hurt. Um, and and he's like do you know how to do the five-man rotation? And I was like, oh, my God, never even thought about it. And, then, you know, he, he sort of wrote it down for me. And, and I'm glad he did that early days because, you know, with the smaller squads this year, quite often we, we, um, we end up with 5D. And What's the five-man rotation? Because I was just thinking you'd have your two righties would go every other and your lefties would that, rotate. That's what I was going to do. And that's why we're forwards, Wally. He doesn't That's think Richie gonna... can handle it or what? Richie can handle it, Todd. No, but like <laughs> with the five-man rotation, basically everybody goes twice within this rotation. Right, but then know. somebody's switching righty and lefty. They're going back and forth, one of yeah. the guys. But we, I mean, we've got Mickelson playing on the right, and he's a lefty anyway, so it's fine. And I got you. And, and Batchy can step up on the left. No problem. Doesn't phase him. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I, I got to learn something about D and uh, and. You know, when, when we go D-man down, I got my little notebook out and I scribble it down and uh, and it's been going smooth. It's been going, yeah. I mean, they're all, like you say, they're all great pros back there. So Well, that's, uh, is it, do you like being back then? You feel like you're back into it? 
Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's good fun. It's uh, you know, uh, Skulls, our coach, is is great to work with. You know, he kind of um, empowers the players, empowers the other coaches as well to to input. You know, it's uh, um, you know, so you, he just lets me get on with it back there, and uh, always asking opinions and you know before uh, before we go out there in terms of starting lineups and. Well, that's great. Like that, so. yeah, Sounds like it's going well then. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mentioned you were with the team since 92. So basically you were the bench coach and then like you were into like, I don't, I guess you, I don't know what, what all did you do that in between your coaching time? Like, cause you were take, you were getting sponsors. You're, you basically do whatever you can to help the devils win and succeed in uh, business too. Right. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, you just like, you just help any way you can kind of like spray painting yourself naked and running around. Right. You got to do what you got to do. Haven't you, Wally? You got to, even if you can't play, you got to try and help the team play. You got to help, help in some way. And, you know, people always ask me, so what do you do with the devils now? And it's, it's hard to explain, you know, it's such a, I had a hard uh, time explaining to yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially to your work colleagues when they see the photos coming out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I, I, I suppose I badge myself as like a team consultant back then where, you know, I, I, I like helping with the recruitment side of things or, you know, Todd will always run some stuff, the business side um, on match nights. I was looking after the hospitality and, um, you know, welcoming sort of sponsors and, and their guests who'd never been to a game. So I do a like, my own little pregame talk, but it was nothing like yours, Wally, because I don't think you can roll that out with sponsors, can you? No, like, no, I don't think they'd be back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, those guys like, you know, the fact that I'm an ex-player, an ex-coach, that, you know, when I get to speak to the people they're bringing to games for the first time, uh, you know, that's sort of quite unique and explain a little bit about the rules and why everybody jumps on and jumps off after a minute. And, yeah, no, it, it would be very helpful for sure. Um, yeah. And then and, rolling uh, out the red carpet for guys like you to come down <laughs> on the ice. Well, I still can't believe you guys did that for me. That was, uh, yeah, it was a life changing night for me. So thanks guys. Yeah, I, I remember when we were, when, when we devised Wally night, it was on a CHL trip. I, I forget where we were now. You guys but, FaceTimed yeah. me on my way home from work. Yeah. <laughs> you were, and we were talking about like, you know, oh, we got, got to get some of the, you know, the ex players back. And the first name that came up was Wally. And then, it, then it was Wally night. Then it's like, let's FaceTime Wally. Like, no, he's in work. He's never going to answer. So, so whoever it was FaceTimed you. Sure enough, you answered to. Well, uh, I, I, I had a missed call while I was driving home. And uh, then <laughs> yeah. I pull in the driveway. I'm like, why in the hell would Todd Kelman be FaceTiming me? <laughs> and uh, then I called back and it was you guys at a bar. And we all yeah, went, we're in, a, ah! we're in a back alley outside a bar. <laughs> and then that's, like that's when Todd, like, it basically he said, we're going to do Wally night. And I'm like, like, we're actually going to do that. And Steve looked at him and he's like, are we really? And, and then I was like, are we? <laughs> yeah. Within about uh, three minutes, Wally Knight was cemented in. And well, do it. you know one person I need to shout out? Because I do think he was the one that got the whole ball started, the whole ball rolling. And he was the one that reached out to me via Twitter. And he was the one that was making the videos of me and all that was uh, Paul Sullivan. Sully. Yep. He definitely, uh, started nudging people towards having a Wally night. So thank you, Sully. I, I don't forget what you did for me also, buddy, you know, yeah, and, a, and a hell of a, and a hell of a pregame video when you, when you were in Cardiff. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully I paid you guys back. I feel like I still am. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> now I'm helping you guys recruit. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay. So 
where and what are you doing now? So with all that coaching and all the devil's time you put in, you must have an understanding wife like mine because you also work too. <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's, it's quite the, uh, the juggling act at the moment. So um, I've got my full-time job and you know, you I said understand. To, yeah. <laughs> you, you said nine to five, but I've, I mean, one of the, the things that happened in COVID is that my office job is now a working from home job. So, I can flex my hours a little bit more easily. Um, so I, I still, so I still, <laughs> I still work uh, full-time hours, but I also train with the guys, um, the devils Thursday and Friday mornings. So I have those off work, but I work back those hours on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, sometimes a Friday night. So you just give her at work Monday to Wednesday and then, oh yeah, dear, yeah. dear. Those Load, are long days Monday. that day. So then you you could have been on a bus trip on a Sunday night, come back middle of the night, and then you got to just floor it at work all day Monday. Not bus trips anymore. We're flying. We're a big deal. Now. Oh yeah. You guys are yeah. a big deal. I remember coming back five years later. It was nothing like I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The showers right. weren't a foot full deep of water. There's yeah, no the, beer the holders days, in the shower. One of the Not. days when, when I was playing and, you know, we would bust it up day of the game, leaving six in the morning, arrive there four o'clock, play at six o'clock, bust straight after. And then I'd get home at maybe seven in the seven o'clock in the morning from five and then quick shower into work and, you know, into the office as it was then. And, uh, and then just get going. So, yeah, it's, but, uh, so that's what I'm doing as well as, yeah. I mean, like you said, I've got, got a family, a wife and, and two kids as well. And there's the, uh, I mean, Laura's been, been great in, uh, in terms of doing the heavy lifting on the running around when I'm either working late at night or, or on the weekends, but, you know, try and do what I can when I can. But they, and they let you follow your passion, just like mine's doing. Thanks, honeys. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big shout out to the wives. Yeah. Yeah. And Laura. Yeah. Um, we've been pretty busy, but we are following our passion. So, sorry we're not sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so you do have kids names ages yeah we got sophia and holly so sophia is 11 and holly just turned 10 last week uh, so, uh, colby used to be in some stuff with them didn't he yeah Did, were yeah, they in ninja training uh yeah Karate, uh, well, they, yeah, they called it, it karate or taekwondo. taekwondo. I called it ninja training. <laughs> yeah, it was it was mini ninja trainings back then, but it's taekwondo. And Sophia is now two belts away from her black belt. What? So it's yeah, black belt. Eleven. Really? Yeah, so she like doing so... spinning roundhouse kicks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picturing her being able to beat you up. Then there's no way you're two yeah. belts away from a black belt, Freddy. <laughs> it's uh, no, it, it's. I think it's a smart move for the future, so uh, I don't have to worry so much when uh, when the boys come on the scene. Uh, I, you know, she'll yeah, be able, she'll be able I, to handle herself. I hear you. Um, okay, so uh, what else do I got here? Your team's hot, though. The Devils are hot, eh? Yeah, we. Um, we went through a sticky patch back in around Christmas, in, right? Just before Christmas, actually. Yeah. And, you know, I heard you, you mention it in, uh, in your podcast as well, because I think um, fans I, are giving I, a bit of heat and uh, I, you just and, see I, stuff on social media. Right. And yeah. it's like, well, I can't drop kick you from here. So I'm going to have to talk about it in my shed. So you guys get it from the player side. Right. Yeah, if you want them it, to win the next games, then don't be so mean to them. <laughs> and, you know, from, uh, we, we did play really bad and, uh, you know, right. I can see but they don't a, want to a, play bad from, either. Right. Exactly. I can see from a friend's point of view where it looks like people aren't trying and, and all that kind of stuff and, and don't care. 
but that's far from it. It's just sometimes in in sports you go through those funks, and you know your confidence just saps away, and you just forget what makes you good, and you forget to have fun. And well, it's and, the same start- way, like for me as a goal scorer, all of the years, right? Like I yep. got paid to score goals, basically, and um, if I could go, you know, five to seven eight games without a goal and it's like you forget how to do it but then as soon yeah. as you get one lucky one and it goes in you're like oh yeah th- i remember yeah. what to do now <laughs> yeah exactly that and you know we went through that 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 patch where you know guys were probably questioning themselves and questioning other things and over overthinking is probably the you know the, the biggest thing when you're going in those patches and uh you know it came to a head on that the game on the 22nd which was going to be Coventry and they called it off the day oh, it was going to be Manchester sorry they called it off the day of the game right and then Coventry and, showed you know, up but su- yeah. super GM of the year Todd Kelman manages to rearrange a game on the day of a game um so it was a bit weird and then you know we lost that game and it was just kind of well, that's when yeah, everybody's that- flabbergasted how that could ever happen. But you, you guys <laughs> yeah. don't get it. It's because I already explained it on here, but they're loosey-goosey. They got nothing to lose, and the Devils it, have everything to lose. And it, exactly you know what? That. That's what you guys have built up over the last five, six years. Um, since the we're in the big blue. Yeah. yeah, well, it's like now you guys are expected to win every game. And if, if you don't beat Coventry when they show up the day of the game, it's like, then all of a sudden it's the end of the world. Well, that's because you guys have been doing good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We've built the expectations. And to be honest, I'd rather have those expectations because it shows that we're successful and it shows that, you know, we, we should be in the, in the mix to win things every year. So I wouldn't change those expectations, even though, it, you know, they can be a pain. But it can uh, be annoying. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was kind of our rock bottom. And then, you know, we had that, uh, we started off on Boxing Day then. Uh, and a bit of a run um and i think we've won what is it uh, 10 out of our last 11 games and you know even that 11 you know the 11th game that that uh, one loss in belfast was the the controversial one with the disallowed goal oh i saw that after, video that's a goal fr- freeze framing you know well basically any any screened goal would have to be reviewed on the basis of that and you know when you see the the goalie actually comes forward Oh, that, I, I saw the video. It was yeah. that's a horrible yeah. call. Everybody I, I, agrees. I think hundred uh, players would look at that, and hundred players would say that's a goal. Right, and uh, I would say hockey's gotten is getting soft enough without calling back <laughs> goals like that, folks. Yeah. T- tough yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, a minute to go in the game as well. It's not like we had another fifty minutes where we can get it back. A minute to go in the game, and I think you know the way those two teams played. You know, the two great teams. The way those two teams played, I think it deserved to go to overtime, and I think everybody deserved another five minutes of that game. Yeah. Well, I don't try to get into each game in the shed here. You know, I'm more big picture, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. That should have been a goal. <laughs> yeah. And, and we fed off that last weekend and, uh, and got a bit of revenge on that. So it was, oh, it was nice good. to bounce back with a, the four one win. I remember when every game a win or loss was like life or death. Doesn't feel like that to me anymore, but um, I know all the players and coaches, that's still the feeling. If you lose yeah. a game, it's just the worst. And if you win, you're happy. Um, yeah. But and, and I should know- bring it up though, is the Matt Sundin Jersey behind me is signed and up for raffle at aleshockeytails.com. And that's to raise money for sick kids, Toronto. And uh, for all the people that pre-ordered two ales and hockey tails jerseys, two of them came in. But the rest of them still aren't here yet, the other sizes. So we're going to get them by the end of the week, and then we're going to ship them all together. So everybody that pre-ordered, and uh, Kevin Hampson, who just won the raffle, um, they'll all be on the way. Nice. Mm-hmm. So Looking we have good. hockey jerseys of my shed team. <laughs> <laughs> 
you've come a long way, Wally. You've come funny a long times, way. funny times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're almost out of year. And uh, I guess I got to ask you, are you, you still doing yours? Because that's what inspired me was going on yours and uh, the feeling it gave me to talk about like my career and my kids and everything was what inspired me to do this was I realized how much I wanted to do it. And I thought like, geez, I could do that for all my friends. And uh, that's kind of how this started. Yeah, it's um, we haven't done one in a, a while, actually. And that's that's probably down to me because of the time, how just trying to get are. the time. And, you know, what people don't realize, I mean, you're up at super early in the morning just to get the podcast in at a time when it both could kind of suit us. And uh, and that's you know, why, folks, don't forget to tip the podcast at aleshockeytales.com because it is that, 6 a.m., folks. <laughs> yeah, that's why podcasters need tips because uh, <laughs> make, make it all worthwhile and show yeah. the appreciation because, you know, it's a lot of work goes into it. And, you know, I was doing that with Gaz and, and JD and uh, Hubs was helping us doing a bit of pr- production there. And, you know, we, we rolled quite a few out during the lockdown, so it was fun you know great way to to reconnect with people to talk hockey when there was no hockey going on in in the uk um but now with you know the full-time job and the and the full-time job with the devils and the family it's just pretty much impossible to get one done so maybe we'll pick some back up in the in the summer yeah um, no well it, uh, that is what started helping inspire me was i did yours i i really enjoyed it i thought it was fun and um then i did one more the hockey think tank with jeff lavecchio and then i was like huh I want to do this. I want to figure out how to do this forever. It's my buddies, but um, so thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, I guess it really changed my life. Uh, been pretty busy this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you went from naught to a hundred, didn't you? In, uh, in uh, record speed. <laughs> I think your episode 123 for Adia, We're not even to a year yet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't add up the beers folks. Don't add them up. <laughs> I know that's the only thing about you doing an early morning one. I was looking forward to you nah. ripping open a lab, navigating lieutenant and the rest of it. You know? Yeah, no, actually, my shipment is going to arrive this morning from the Bayfield Brewing Company. So we'll be back on track there and I'll start nice. cracking them open again. <laughs> Got some navigating lieutenants on the way, some woolen chops, you know, right back on track. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one of my questions for you then, as I mentioned, you've been with the Devils since 92 is watching the organization, I guess, um, begin almost, and then kind of uh, flatline there, and then Todd and the boys take it over, new rink. Like, just talk about, in general, the whole, I guess, the history from 92 to now, and, like, the, I guess, the downtown rink, the BBT, right? It's been quite the journey the Devils have been on. Yeah, it has. And, you know, when it started off, um, a guy called John Lawless founded it. Um, he was a player in Peterborough and they were owned by um, a company, I think Sports Nationwide, who wanted to open a, to build another rink in Cardiff. And uh, he was like 25 at the time and uh, he was working part time in the rink to supplement his salary. And they said, do you want to go and start a team in Cardiff? And he came down to Cardiff, looked around the city. He's like, this is perfect for hockey. And it so, is. you know, <laughs> yeah. And so, so, you know, hats off to him for his vision in terms of how he set it up, um, you know, he uh, he saw the Welsh flag and it was, you know, red, white and green. And he's like, well, New Jersey Devils playing red, white and green, Cardiff Devils. So that's that's kind of how he named the team. Um, and they, they built it. They played the first few games on the road and then I think sold out in their first game because people just didn't have a clue what ice hockey was here and were just curious, this new building. And, and he built it. And so from there, it was always... Um, the Devils really sort of shook up the British hockey scene, which was very much kind of part-time, 
you know, semi-professional at the time. And, you know, they came in and they had a bit of money to spend. And, you know, he, he poached some of the best players, the Cooper brothers, best British players and guys like Steve Moria, uh, you know, the legends that get talked about now. Um, and he got them. So it really kind of ruffled the feathers of the, of the British hockey community because they had to start, um, you know, keeping up with, with the devils. Well, and that's, um, that's what happens. Right. And it's, it's, it's actually quite interesting because it is like an arms race is uh, if, if Sheffield signs like a gigantic heavyweight, then yep. Cardiff signs a gigantic heavyweight, then Belfast does. And it's a domino effect yep. or it's like, well, we got a whole bunch of high end scores. And then you see the toys, the other team have, and you're like, well, I want those toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and exactly that happened recently in that year when when they had um, you know all the heavies that that came over here. And, yeah, and, and it was. Uh, I think it was because we, as the Devils, uh, we had a tough team that year, and we yep. did bully some teams around. So did uh, so did uh, the clan, the group I yep. just had on, but like Chris yeah, yeah. Frank, Salters, yep. Fitzy, all of them, and then like the tough teams were the best yep. teams, and then the next year, my goodness, there's some big boys coming over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you start looking at the mcgrattans of this world coming over everyone's oh. like oh god but uh you know we when we were in the, the you know skipping ahead to the the bbt i mean we had a team that was perfect for that building um you know the likes of hendo just absolutely ruled that place oh yeah yeah and, remember him the start of that season just throwing massive hip checks open ice or along the boards and the place would just be rocking then dougie yeah. clarkson to beat a guy up yeah then batchy would then oh yeah. it was nuts <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I always remember the video when uh i got I, I think it was against nottingham and uh you know somebody decided they wanted to get into it and hendo comes running in and he puts his finger to his lips and he basically mouths at the guy shush or i'll put you to sleep <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was that was as fun as hockey's been for me. Like it was so exciting playing in the big blue tent with the fans right up at the glass and like yeah. right above you. And then when you're in the locker room, you can hear them all stomping above you. Right. Yeah. I know that the noise of that building is, it was, it was just incredible. And that's, that's the only thing that hasn't transferred to the new building is because we've actually, you know, it's a solid, it's a real building. It's made of concrete and stuff. So it doesn't mm. kind of uh, reverberate around the arena. Like it did. I, I do. I, I do remember when the rink was being built, uh, Todd and I went out to Pembo's uh, Christmas party together because yep. I wasn't playing and we had a big chat about everything that was going on with the new barn that was getting built. And the one thing that I just don't get why any hockey arena anywhere ever does it is having the place to walk around in front of the seats. You need the seats right up at the glass. Don't be letting people walk around there. What a joke. Yeah, I know. There's um, the, the one thing. What I is it like we... six, seven feet to the first seat? Yeah. The thing about the the new rink is as as great as it is and as grateful we are for it. I, I just wish that you let hockey to... players build it. Well, I wish Todd had been around at the time when it was being designed and everything. Imagine putting that design from scratch from a out of his of brain. That would be out of his brain. It would be the best rink. Right. The best rink. Full stop. And actually, that's a funny story because you know my fashion sense, right? Where I wore the same suit for two years straight, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, I got a clothing line now, Freddie. But guess I what? Know. I think I can help design hockey clothes because now you can get your own players. You can get a Francis 29 t-shirt or hoodie from our website. And I remember when I went to the one hockey pro shop and you saw like the McDavid 97 Crosby 87 
And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And now I'm doing that for people. Ha! Fashion <laughs> design, I, folks. <laughs> and I, I can't wait. And I know it won't be long at all until we see uh, we see the two ales and hockey tails, jerseys and T-shirts around the uh, Ice oh, Arena Wales there. Match night. <laughs> oh, they're with, coming. With, with, with the Twixes and Buenos loaded, yeah. ready to throw. It's, and it's uh, shout out to Sean Collins. If it wasn't for that guy, none of this would be happening. He's the one that set up a whole shop on my website. Same place you can buy the raffle tickets, folks. But he's he's designed most of the clothes. I just tell him things I don't like. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm not British. I'm not from the UK. I don't know if you people think that's cool because I don't. It's too slim fit. But hey, if you guys can pull it off, you guys just go ahead. <laughs> and um, me and Skulls, uh, we met up with Sean, actually, and uh, and his friend. That I can't remember his name. I should do. I forget it. But we just call him Haddad because his friends think he looks like Joey Haddad. <laughs> uh, so that's Sean's best friend. It was, it was actually his birthday, and they'd come up for a, a midweek trip up to Glasgow. And and after the game, he, he messaged me on Twitter and said, "Hey, we're at the pub across the road from your hotel. Do you want to come for a beer?" So we're like, "Okay, we'll go." So we went across and had a beer with him. So great guys. And I, I, uh, you know, funny thing is, like, we have this all going on. Um, I'm waiting to have him on the pod with Lee and uh, the guy that made the name for me. I want to do all three of them together, but um, Sean and I have never spoken person. We are running like a website clothing line. We've only messaged each other on Twitter through the whole You're like thing. internet dating. It is. Yeah. yeah. He actually, he actually thinks I'm six, four and skinny, <laughs> which you are <laughs> yeah. on a podcast. <laughs> Not if you've seen the videos you've been <laughs> making. <laughs> And the other one on my, uh, the photos that I sent across, I don't know if it made the poster. Then there's, there's the one with uh, massive bars. Who's not. Actually oh yeah. Yeah. No, actually uh, Lee just sent me, I just saw the email pop through that. The, the posters are sitting there waiting for us. I just haven't looked at them yet. Nice. So hopefully my team of Baz. volunteers are just the best people ever. I tell you. Yeah. You got, you got the whole, whole lot going on with your, with your staff. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all take care of me. Thanks guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the part for me when we talk about the new arena was when I really had only I only played the BBT. I did a couple shootouts for Juice Boy at the new rink when I was injured. But uh, other than that, I never played a game there. Um, but I couldn't believe the difference when I came back for Wally Night. The uh, just how on steroids everything was like pigs and Lord or messaging the people up in the rafters about like when it's time to go and like it. I just remember when Lordo did everything like he, he, he was basically almost helping make the pregame meals. Right. And like, <laughs> then all of a sudden there's this whole big show for a hockey yeah. game. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's come a long way since, uh, since those BBT days where Todd and, and the, the off ice crew had porter cabins out the back. Do you remember those? In, oh in the yeah. Park? That was their office, the porter cabins. Um, that's our equipment. Uh, room was in a porter cabin there DC's DC's room there uh, and then we had the that's where that's where we'd get me dressed up for the shows yeah <laughs> <It was> outside <laughs> outside yeah, yeah. In the uh, unless it was one of the, unless it was one of those shows where we hid you in the toilet and then you had to burst yeah. out there yeah well you had to keep the guys guessing you could keep coming out of the same door and get the exactly. stale right <laughs> yeah <laughs> always gotta mix it up <laughs> but seriously have you ever thought about how ridiculous that was what was yeah, going on. I mean, I mean, it's ridiculous from from day one with with Lordo because I mean, Lordo's so straight and serious about hockey and you know the amount of detail we all know he puts into the preparation, and he was playing as well as being coach, 
And, you know, I, I always say this thing, like when Lordo took over as player coach that summer, um, I knew the expectations he had on himself. And I was like, Lordo, you've got to just kind of accept your point production is going to drop in half. I did not envisage him on the top line with Joey Martin just absolutely tearing the league up. But, uh, but then he... Tearing uh, the league up? Tearing the league up? Fourth leading score was on the third line in the league. Well, Nine that's, minutes a night, Lordo. <laughs> <laughs> and then, do you remember he, he came in, didn't he? he? He started a few things doing like the wrestlers and that and would come in and rip him. Him off. and Deese were doing the pregame speeches and they yeah. like, they were doing them weird because I know Lordo realized like he can be a lot. He can, yeah. he, he strives for perfection with every player and he, he cares about every guy, but he knows he can be a lot. So he thought before the game, everybody needed to just take a breath, have a laugh. And well, wouldn't you know it? My body type can do that for folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when it went flat, and then he had to call on reinforcements, you were right there, weren't you? Hey? I was. Yeah. I was. I was pretty lost there in life when I couldn't play or help or do anything, and then all I was doing was helping the power play and watching, making notes, talking to the guys in between periods. I'm like. I can do more than this. This is boring. <laughs> so yeah. then I, I, I did reach out to Lordo and I was like, Hey man, why don't I have a crack at this with these? I can help him. And then the first speech just turned into the next and then it snowballed. And I remember saying to Lordo, I'm like, can I reuse a character? Can I say be <laughs> like the Hulk again? And he goes, well, the only way you can do the same thing you've already done as if it's bigger and better. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I, I, I understand. And we did, we kept making them bigger and better. <laughs> yeah. And that, that kind of, it, uh, it typifies how the organization grew where we start off in the, you know, in the, in the BBT with porter cabins and stuff like that. And you were cobbling together outfits from Colby stuff. In the end, you had a budget. Yeah. You're <laughs> you right. had a weekly budget that you could go yeah. shopping to Toys R Us and get some <laughs> new accessories to make it bigger and better. <laughs> and we did. Uh, once I brought out the Nerf gun. Yeah. <laughs> and I was spray painted blue a SWAT. I looked like a Smurf. <laughs> and they lost six nothing. Gosh. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. But yeah, like, so you guys have done all that. You get the new rank. And now you're even in the Champions Hockey League. And like my son and I can play with you on NHL 22. It's just wild to see what's happened from when I showed up that first day, 2014. And I look at that big blue tent when Lisa and I pull up Colby's in the car seat. We got a full bus with the team of guys. Yeah, I remember and I, I had been, to, I had been in Sunderuski with like a beautiful rink. And uh, then we show up and I see that big blue tent. And I'm like, where in the hell did I sign up to play hockey this year? <laughs> And next thing I know, I have the most fun I've ever had playing hockey. And now to see what you guys have made of that organization since is pretty cool from over here. Yeah, it's not all about looks, is it? You know, you look at the BBT on the outside and, you know, looks a bit, yeah, looks a bit beat up. And then when you get match night in there with all the fans stamping the feet on the, those wood benches, then it was, uh, it was electric, especially that, that first year that, um, you know, we had, what was it, six weeks to pull a team together it was yeah. late in the day the takeover wasn't done until late in june i think and you well, know we're, we're starting in six weeks and just had to get at it yeah uh, and, and like a lot of the guys didn't know each other you guys didn't keep many of the same players from the year before and uh once that team gelled my goodness were we a team you don't yeah. get around teams like that very often 
yeah and you could tell from early on that you know what a what a bunch of beauties it was and you know how it how it came together it was well uh, just like a bus trip right like uh, to a road game and like on the way back you'd have carl be a carl you'd have Hendo be a Hendo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dougie <laughs> and it's yeah. like my goodness this is fun <laughs> yeah yeah everybody fitted in i mean it was you know I'm, I'm not like religious or anything but sometimes i do think things are meant to be and yeah uh, you know that team was definitely meant to be we had you know the, the the team the club had come from a very bad time where people were questioning their love of hockey and whether they wanted to come to it anymore with all the the shenanigans that were going on in the year before that and we needed something you know when we talked talk to todd when todd was you know putting when we were putting together the takeover um you know i think what one of his things was i just want people to fall back in love with the game and enjoy it and that's our number one thing if we can get people back trusting us as an ownership group and enjoying hockey then for year one we've done our job and my god that was uh that was done in record time i think you know as soon as people turned up you know people gave us the benefit of the doubt and you know they came to see whether it was actually true or was it a false dawn and they saw that team that was on the ice it was given everything and you know, you know, even in our preseason games in Belfast, we had like, like three or four fights and it was just it was chaos melee. there, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, we were letting everybody know we were there to play. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Devils were back. And, uh, uh, it was and fun, though. And it was like a snowball, too, right? It's kind of like doing this in the shed. It's like you think some things are meant to be. It's like the song I'm not for everyone coming out. Like, I, that was my favorite song when I think of doing this and it just – it hit home. And then yep. the way some other things have worked out, it's like, geez, it's like, I'm meant to be doing this. Like episode hundred, I released that biggest one. And then all of a sudden it's like your podcast, you're in review the next day. And it starts sending me all this stuff. And I'm like, it's just the timing, the way everything's worked out, the way guys make time for me. It's, I don't know. I really like doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think every, I mean, people don't realize that when you've you've done something like you know sport your whole life and eventually it comes to an end you know we're all just desperate to keep in in with the game in any way we can and those that don't you know quite often you know uh, end up in a pretty bad place and you just got to try and any way you can stay connected with the support with the sport and you know that's what I'm doing by helping the devils in whatever way I can whether it's this year as a bench coach or whether it was the year before rolling out carpets it doesn't matter it just keeps you involved it is and... weird though like when I left the game I was quite bitter about the whole thing I mean yep. you know um where I was in life my wife wasn't gonna be able to work in Canada till she got permanent residency um so that took a couple of years um I have no work experience I got two little kids and uh i got like no work experience and uh it it was like wow i really came to a dead end in a hurry and uh yeah i was a little bitter about where i was at for a while but it was wally night it was going on your podcast it was all this stuff that has got us to where we're at now right <laughs> yeah, and now look at it it's uh, flying through the the podcast charts and in well, and i'm a lot happier over. that's all i care about i get to see my friends whenever i want or whenever yeah. i can and uh i'm happier so you know yeah, things are meant it. to be <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh anyways okay how did you get into hockey though so obviously you'd love it it's been part of your life your whole yep. life but uh you grew up in Cardiff where it wasn't even big yet. Right. So how did yeah, you get I mean, into it? 
there wasn't a skating rink until I was, I think, 11 or something. So, I mean, the, the, the big thing when it was someone's birthday parties, if you had a birthday party in Bristol and you go to Bristol to go skating in the in the small rink there. You guys are just um, flying around with the penguins like those schools would show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then uh, I remember skating with the schools that show up at the rink, man. They, there's some kids yeah. out there that were erratic on skates with, yeah. pushing around those penguins. <laughs> That, that, that was us and I, it was always like to try and see how fast you can go you're in no control of your, your body whatsoever but you're just trying to go as fast as you can in the in the higher skates um but then yeah when the when the rink was built um it was obviously something new and I, I just started high school um and I remember some people in my class had um had gone down to the first game and their family had got hooked and you know they're always talking about on a Monday about the devils this you know and I'd uh you'd see it, it was covered in the newspapers and it just out of curiosity that you know, a group of friends then went down to a devil's game. And of course you've never seen anything like it, you know, where it's constant nonstop action and all the songs and the dancing and the chanting uh, and just got hooked straight away. And then it was skating after the game, you know, grabbing a pair of skates and, and wheeling around like those out of control school kids. And then it was a pair of skates for Christmas. Then a few of my friends had started in the junior program. So so I wanted to do that. And back then, you didn't even need to have full gear to start in the juniors, which is crazy. So I remember wheeling out there with a pair What do you of mean shins. you didn't need full gear? It's just literally you could go on in whatever you could. So there was most people who'd be. So it's going, like it's like actual outdoor hockey where you just might show up with skates and gloves and a stick. Or well, yeah. like I mean, most <laughs> people that were established, they had the full gear. But then there's idiots like me going out in you know shin pads, gloves, a helmet, no cage. And that was it, like, you know, and, and trying to buzz around and, uh, you know, see if it was for me. And I, I always remember after one of the drills going into the back of the net to pick out uh, a puck and next thing, boom, on the back of my head. And it was actually now the Cardiff Fire head coach, Mark Cudahy, who had this rocket of a shot from an early age and <laughs> taking a slapper into the net. And luckily I hadn't turned around without a cage on at the wrong minute. Uh, so I was probably seconds away from ending my hockey career a few weeks after it started. But, uh, you know, as it, as it built up, I got all the full gear and then got into the junior program. So I was 12 years old and then five years later playing for the Devils, which, I mean, wouldn't happen now because the standard was a, was a lot lower back then, but still, you know. Do you know I do player reviews now? I have heard some player reviews. Yeah, yeah. I've never yeah. seen you play. So this oh, can yeah. be a more authentic one. Okay. <laughs> you you want it? I want it, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> okay. I guess it's very similar to what you're like with the Devils since 92. You'll do anything to help the team win, whatever that is. You maybe aren't the most skilled guy on the team, let's be honest, but you work harder than anybody. You'll do anything. You'll go anywhere for the team, and you're going to show the boys, like, this is what you got to do to win. This is what it takes. Even if I don't have that much skill, I'm going to show you how hard to work what you got to do to win games. You'll block any shot. You'd even fight guys and get beat up just to show guys you're willing to do it. Um, and you didn't complain about ice time because you knew you weren't that skilled, but you were going to give her when you got out there and you're going to show everybody how to do it and how to win. And you were a winger, fourth liner. Correct. That is spot on, Wally. Couldn't, Boom, couldn't, nailed couldn't it. Have got it. Yeah, couldn't have got it more, uh, <laughs> more right. I mean, yeah, when, when I jumped up to that level. You know what? I really like doing that. It's fun. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, that's pretty incredible. 
uh, I could skate. I was fast, and I yeah, always made sure I was the hardest working. You're always. a wiry little bugger out there, weren't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, a proper rink rat. Where you know, if it was flat, then I'd go out and try and run the biggest guy on their team and get him chasing me. And then the boys are like, "Well, if Franny's doing it, we better start moving." So, <laughs> as yeah. I yeah, I I I I know exactly what that's like. One of the things I used to try to do was like when you're one of the leading scorers, usually was if you're willing to do some shit then the other boys better be willing to do some shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you did. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, I had a tough start, though, in Cardiff. I remember that, you know. Mm. Yeah, you did. I remember the first, the exhibition games, you were pulling all kinds of silky moves, and we're like, oh, my God. And then it just, yeah, the few, next few games just didn't happen. I remember anymore. my brace, like, seized up on me. And That's then, right. Remember that? And then, I, and then Todd, Todd, it, Todd found out, like, my brace didn't really move. And I was like, well, I don't know. They cost, like... So then he bought me a new brace that could actually move. And then so yeah. could my knee. Weird. <laughs> yeah, he got new legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, one guy, I got to figure out who he is. I was at a, a town party here. It's called Old Boys. Every 10 years, everybody from Concordon that has any ties here comes back for the biggest party you've ever seen this town puts on. And uh, I was introduced to a guy that played for the Cardiff Devils in 1986 on the inaugural team. And we got a picture together drinking a beer. And I should send it to you to find out who it is. Yeah, I'll be able to trace him. Yeah. Yeah, I should get him on. Is he a Canadian guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, he had a nickname. Um, I guess Grizzly was, Bill Taylor. I think that is it. That's it. The, right? The very first import demon the Devils had. Big Grizzly, Grizzly Bill Taylor, yeah. Yeah, that's remember, who it was. That's yeah. who it was. Definitely. I'll find I, him. And, and he was, uh, like, when I went down to my first matches, he was, like, the one to look at because he was bigger than everybody else because you had all these, like, skinny Brits that would, you know, were, were just not a good standard at the time. And then you had this guy just running around right. killing people. <laughs> <laughs> I could, yeah. Grizzly Bill Taylor, yeah. And people would love seeing that. People, yeah, exactly. Because they, <laughs> they'd be like watching Hendo smush guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you come from watching football all your life and, and, and then you see this guy running around just smoking people against the boards. And <laughs> yeah, that, that gets yeah. your interest. Oh, yeah. I, and, you know, it's way more exciting to watch hockey live than on television. I have a hard time watching it on television. Really don't do it. Yeah. Uh, but going to a live hockey game, I mean, that's how people get hooked in British ice hockey rated. Not just the Cardiff Devils. You've seen the whole league grow, eh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's when I was doing the hospitality role. That was one of the rewarding things was uh, our sponsors would bring down guests for the first time. Had never been to a game. So they're the ones I'm speaking to before the game and tell them a bit about the penalties and everyone always wants to know about the, so you're allowed to fight and then you kind of explain the code and, and all that behind it. And then the next week they'd be down with their families. You know, they'd come to this game, they'd gone home going, Oh my God, you never guess what I, I went to tonight. Let's like go. What you witness, week. like some of the yeah. fights you see, it's like, wow, you yeah. wouldn't see that anywhere else tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, just like the sheer speed it's played at and uh, you know, and the goals and the music and everything. So it's, yeah, it's good to see, people experience it for the first time and then want to come straight back down. Yeah. So um, I guess you live in Penarth, so you probably don't hit Chippy Lane often. What do you eat late night in Penarth? Um, we've got a kebab shop in Penarth. I know you, you like you your kebabs. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah, I do. So that's that's my uh, one of my rewards anyway, when um, after ball hockey on a Monday, if it's late and you know, you just, you've put on a, uh, you, you need to out. reward yourself it, yep. exactly um so that's one of my that's one of my late night ones i mean no chippy lane i haven't seen that for a while that was that was a 
a different big part, part of your of my life growing up <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a big part of my, my life growing up and uh, uh especially when we had the in-town rink um you know, we were we were right there by Chippy Lane, where the John Lewis is now. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The corner, so. Right out of the rink, right to yeah. Chippy Lane, and I Chippy would Lane. And that, that's it's still part of the night. You know, you you finish, you, you got kicked out of the club because they're closing, but you still got a good hour on Chippy Lane. Oh, it's a great time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's fun. <laughs> um, okay, back to hockey talk though. As uh, so, you do make the jump to I guess professional in ninety two, ninety three, and that's. The BHL, it's the British Ice Hockey League. I got some questions here, okay? Yeah. You're saying it was kind of part-time, and now I, I get it. So Cardiff wins the first two years. They start paying some guys. So this Hilton Ruggles. Yep. <laughs> 34 games played, 81 goals and 143 points. <laughs> <laughs> so what is going on? Like, you guys are winning games like 20 to nothing, or what's happening? Well, well back then you had – um, I think it was four imports. It started off as three and then the whole like reclassification thing where people were getting their British passports if they'd been here long enough so you could have one of those. And then, then they opened up the four imports. If your import didn't get five points a game, they were fired. Like it was, it, honestly, it was, you, you'd, it, an import just had like three points a night. That, no way. You, they got rid of them. They brought someone in that could get five or six. Um, and it was, yeah, I mean, typically the scores would have been, I don't know, 12 six you know that that's a typical score where today it's kind of you know four two or something yeah so it's a lot higher scoring back then yeah yeah the goaltending was a bit shaky and yeah so i guess if you only have three four imports and the british hockey wasn't what it is nowadays that would be yeah i could see it okay so you you were basically running two lines and then you'd have a kid line and so that's where i would come in then we'd have the kid line Okay. The, the Cardiff Junior Development, you know, they did a pretty good job of that. All the imports had to coach one of the age groups, um, so that was kind of part of your role was to to coach in the age group. So we we sort of got to jump on the other development programs and started producing our own. And you know, some of the, the historical teams like Durham and Murrayfield, so Edinburgh is Murrayfield. Yeah. Um, they, they had you know a lot of, um, of of their Brits, so they had that kind of program bringing it through, and then. You know, we were able to then come through and we'd be the kid line. So they'd they'd normally throw us out when they were four or five goals up and let us run around and then we kind of earned more and more ice time as it as it went on. But yeah, if your if your imports weren't getting you you five points a game, they well, were some, some of the stats game. that uh, I wrote down were outrageous for <laughs> Mr. Hilton Ruggles and uh Rick Brabant. Rick Brabant, yeah. Yeah. He was a player. Yeah. Well, Rick Brabant had uh, in 93-94, the research team found 208 points in 44 <laughs> games played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Geez, that guy must not have gone to Chippy late often. <laughs> no, I mean Rick Brabant, I mean, he was he was a player that absolutely tore it up at that level, which wasn't a great level back then. But then he stayed in the UK and he moved through to the Super League, which was a unbelievable level. It's kind of you know, the level it is now, and he still produced, you know, he was one of those that was, he would practice every practice, like it was a game, you know, running guys, burying yeah. on chances, just doing everything. And then in a game, you know, he was um, the same. Yeah. And so some people didn't like that about him, but I always respected that, that, you know, he, he sort of earned, yeah, he, he was showing up every game. So he earned every right to, to be, you know, arrogant or whatever people said about him, but uh, yeah, he was something else. Okay. Well, Mr. Ruggles that year. Yeah. <laughs> he had a hundred, he had a hundred goals. <laughs> yeah. You should have seen the curve on his stick. It was like, 
it was like that uh, and, it, and nobody knew including him where the the shot was coming off his stick so when he let it go it was yeah it was normally in the back how much fun was hockey back then when like like it's where those guys must have been getting paid and that's their job and they're coaching a team. Right. And yeah, um, they're scoring four goals a game. That must've been kind of yeah, fun for them. When you're only paying a handful of guys, those guys actually made decent money too. So they're, they're getting decent money to get tons and tons of ice time to put up 200 points. And uh, you know, it was, you know, there's a, there's a big drinking culture back then. I remember even like as a young guy, we'd, you know, we'd be out on a Friday night and we would sleep, our hangovers off on the bus on the way to a game knowing that you know we're not going to play until the last few minutes anyway so it's fine <laughs> so uh you know and then yeah i mean it just went hand in hand the, the you know the partying with the uh, with the hockey well that's what it used to be like right you yeah. literally in i don't know the way i grew up in Elmira, ontario like it was very real to go play hockey and then hit the local tavern and eat chicken wings and drink beer that's yeah. what we did that's it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did not do protein shakes or cold tubs, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Game's changed. Game has changed. Um, okay, so you must have started playing pro really young because research team found you played Great Britain under 20, your third year pro. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I started playing, I think my first game was when I was 17. Um, yeah, I got called up to play. What was game that I- like to play at 17 with like – like, like you're saying that uh, Bill Taylor, like the big imports, like you, you must have been uh, pretty nervous. Yeah, it was. Uh, he'd gone by. He only played one year that Bill Taylor. So it was Shannon Hope was in then, who was obviously went on to, to be a retired number and, you know, 10 years or whatever it was there. But uh, I actually scored in my first game, which was which was unreal. They, they gave me I was just happy to dress. I was just happy to put the devil shirt on. Oh, and yeah. Just actually be on the bench. And then, you know, I got thrown out for a few shifts with a few good guys, parked myself in front of the net, threw a screen up in the goalie, shot comes in, I get a tip on it and it goes in. So that was just an unbelievable sort of start for me. And uh, that would be. yeah, it was, it was, it, the, the crowd always loved seeing the Welsh guys come through. So you had that, ec- you know, it's loud anyway, but you had that extra cheer that one of their own was kind of coming through. So it was always really motivational. And that's where I probably, you know, got that work ethic from and you know, always wanted to make a big hit. And, you know, they, they'd love it if I'd go and try and hit a big guy because it just, you know, it was one of their own going after. Going after I, big- I, to be honest, I played in front of the Devils fans. Like it was, it was different than anywhere else I'd played because you're right. If you were a little guy, I used to like to reverse hit guys or like, I really wouldn't run around trying to make body checks, but if I saw a guy in a vulnerable position, I would try and lay him out. Yeah. And um, like when you can do that as a little guy, man, that crowd would uh, really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's such a, you know, it just, and, and then that, like you said before, it, um, it snowballs then because the bigger guy is thinking, Oh, hang on. The crowd is cheering for this little guy is making it. I better throw some hits because I'm expected to. And then so. it just snowballs. And then all yeah. of a sudden we're all running around. Just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it was fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what was then you were in the BHL where those guys are scoring ridiculous amounts of points, but then it switches to the, to the super league in 96. Is that yeah. right? So then that's yeah. where it's basically all imports that are getting paid. Right. Yeah, that's where the uh, the TV money started to come in for other sports. So, you know, the owners of the hockey clubs are like, well, we can get a piece of this action, but we've got to up, 
we've got to up our level of the, of the game. So they sort of started to do away with the import restrictions. And next thing you know, there was 10 imports, 12 imports, and then it grew until it was because then, then it's like the arms race. You see one team do it and you're like, well, even yeah. if I can't afford yeah. that guy, I'm still yeah. going to do it. <laughs> a, t- a team called Newcastle who don't even exist anymore. They had um, the owner of Newcastle at the time, um, Sir John Hall. So he owned the football team and he was a, you know, obviously a, a big deal. He then put money into the hockey. So he started uh, recruiting all these imports and the, the Bosman rule came in where Europeans could work as, uh, as in the UK as same as a UK worker. So all of a sudden, European players started coming in and, um, and getting jobs. And then next thing you know, there was no import restrictions. And it eventually forced guys like me out that couldn't just couldn't hang with it because yeah. everybody, you know, the arms race, like you say, it was to bring in more and more imports. And that, that was it. So, But you guys did win it. Yeah, we won the first ever Super League, which was I think huge. I saw pictures of that. Wasn't there like a parade downtown? Yeah, it was. Uh, that was unreal. So it was the first ever Super League. So it was a, it was a big deal. And we had that team in the first ever Super League was character wise, very similar to our BBT team that you were on. Yeah. Full of absolute animals. Who, yeah. Yeah. Really. And uh, on and off the ice, folks. Yeah. We, we had the best time on the ice. We had the best time off the ice. And, you know, th- th- these are guys I still speak to today that, you know, will drop a message when the Devils win or something and or before a big game or something. Um, but we did have a, a parade. We had uh, we won it, so we had a, an open top bus parade through the city on a rugby day. So you know how busy Cardiff gets on a rugby day. So the the whole streets aligned with Welsh fans, and we've got this big banner at the front. You know, Cardiff. That's Devils. the pictures I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Super League champions, and uh, and we were wheeling through the the closed off streets then. Um, you know, because the rugby was on just with the trophy there and having the time of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw that looked like a heck of a time. Yeah. I was going to say something now. I totally forgot what it was, but um, winning's fun. doesn't matter the role you have on a team. If you're part of a championship, my goodness, those nights are fun. So, um, but rugby, that's what I was going to bring up is never really comes up is that big arena downtown. I never went to it, but Rugby is huge in Cardiff, eh? Like with the, the yeah. you're right. The town shuts down when there's a Welsh game, right? Yeah. Well, well, even when it's an away game, if it's like the the Six Nations or something, then the whole every single bar will be packed with people queuing to get in, trying to find a spot to watch the game. Shout out to Eli Jenkins in Cardiff Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Went there a couple times for some Six Nations games. <laughs> yeah. And to write to my do, masters. To do your MBA, yeah. And to do the thesis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's uh, it does it. Um, it yeah. It, I mean, it's it's what people have grown up with, and it's just a you know everybody loves it when Wales play, and you know those that get tickets great, but those that don't just come into the town centre to watch it anyway, in, in whatever spot they can find in a bar. So well, for the Canadians listening, this is picture this. It's like getting the best hockey players all together to play for Team Canada. But instead of doing that once every 10 years, like we do, they actually do it every year. And you get to watch the best players play for your country against other countries. Think about that hockey. Be pretty cool if you did that someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was supposed to happen this year, but like, man, it's been way too long. How have we never had McDavid against Matthews and all this? Like the last time we did it, it was like Crosby, Ovechkin. Like there's a whole new wave that have never got to play against each other for their country. You know? Yeah. Hey, Wally, if anyone can make it happen, you can make it happen. Oh, yeah. The shed, shed. Shed's got to say. <laughs> but, hey, speaking of rugby outfits and uh, cricket, netball, football, folks, that's 
Welsh football, not Canadian football, but that is at GB Sportswear in Penarth, gb-sportswear.com. Check them out. Probably do. You could probably do Canadian football. You can do everything. Yeah, I'm sure you yeah. can. And yeah. uh, so the stuff looks great, though. Seriously, folks, check it out and uh, order your team shit there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because it looks good and uh, love to support people I know and Devils fans. Anyways, move it on, though. So you, the, the Super League is a lot of imports and they're getting paid. So then you do end up playing some games for the Cardiff Rage. Yeah, Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, they they were. You had, you had fifty points in fifteen games played, so I gave you your player review. That's a bit out of the norm. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the thing is, as a as a junior when I was growing up, I I was relied. You know, I was one of the better players, obviously, because yeah, going pro. But you know, I was relied on to score, and you know, I put, I put a lot of points in junior, and then when you come into pro, and you realize that these guys are so much better you got to find a different role for yourself so that's where I kind of developed this more of a rink rat role and then when I dropped down to the rage and we played in uh, some lower leagues then I had to I had to provide a bit of offense then so it changed my game once again to um into to more of a point scoring game so well, and then you get your confidence back too right it's like yeah. you, you got and it you put, and you put in situations as you well get like, to you know. put in situations like you get to run the power play you get to learn how to do it you, like if if you don't get the opportunities like you don't learn right yeah exactly so that was kind of that, that was more like going back to my junior days and the roles that i had on those teams um you know where i was the experienced player in these uh, in, in the rage team um, but that, that was, you know, full of guys from Cardiff that, that I'd grown up playing with as well. So that was a lot of fun to go. So back are you getting to paid to do that? Uh, no, I'm not, 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 I don't think in that year. No, no. Okay. So the research team also noticed. <clears throat> yes. There was <coughs> nothing 99 and 2000, 2001 yep. and 0203. Nothing. Do you play mm-hmm. hockey or not? Um, some of those years I did, it may be just a little bit of blank on the, the stats, but I, um, I think one of I think one year I didn't play hockey and the others I did. And that, that was from playing in those leagues, you know, uh, they weren't very good and it gets pretty disheartening from when you've, you know, you've worked hard your whole life to play. And you you, you at a worked high level. your way up to like, yeah, the devils yeah, and to the, play super the super league, league and, and stuff like that. And then you're playing in, in those and you're going away, you know, late night on a Sunday, not getting paid. And, you know, the standard's not very good. And, you know, you're playing against people that are just running around, you know, that, that can't play the game. So I think I got a bit disillusioned with, with the game in one of those years and thought enough was enough. But then um, we had a year just after the Super League where the Super League, I think, folded and there was an opportunity to get back into the BNL where the Devils dropped to the BNL. So that's when I um, picked it up again and uh, and got it going. You know, I find uh, when you say that about going down and it's not quite the same as it, you know, there's a lot of NHL guys that go to Europe and if they played in the NHL, even if it was for a season, even if it was for 10, 20 games, there's a lot of them that really can never face the fact that like, you can still make a career. You can still have fun in all these other countries. Once they're not in the NHL, they really kind of lose their love and their spirit. And they come over to Europe and you're like, really? (laughs) Yeah. And, and it's uh, it's a trap that that some teams get into in the recruitment over here because they want to be able league. to tell their fans, oh, yeah, look at this guy, he played in the NHL. Big resumes, and it's not the guys with the big resumes that are the best players in the league each year. Yeah, no. that's you can tell that they're super talented, but 
you know, there's a reason they're not playing there. There's a um, level of caring that needs to happen to actually be the best, right? Yeah, and you do get you do get exceptions. I mean, the guy we got this year, Mickelson, um, you know, Brendan Mickelson, he played over 100 games in the NHL, and he plays every game for us as if he was playing in the NHL. Like he's he's one of those super dedicated guys, like the hardest worker in practice, hardest worker in games. You know, and he's got that touch of class about him. So you do get exceptions like that. You, we had Craig Weller in Cardiff when, when we broke the, the Guinness World Record, and he was the same. He played 100 games, and he was just a phenomenal athlete and cared as much about the games for us as he did. Well, yeah, he, you, you definitely can't put them all in the same box, yeah. right? But, but I'm just saying they're more often than not. Like I couldn't imagine making the NHL and then going the places I went to. Where yeah. I went to, I always thought it was cool because, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It's everybody's perception, you know? Uh-huh. I think my shed's really cool. Some people might not even think it's that cool. I do. <laughs> well, I do too. I'm a fan too. I'm also noting, noticing on the back shelf there, is that the gold helmet? Oh, yeah. That's my yeah. Danish gold helmet. We, right we were talking about Bayfield that. Bayfield Bruce. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that in, um, in the dressing room, in the, in the locker room the other day about the, the different sort of traditions over Europe. And I mentioned the, the gold helmet. Because I remember when when we recruited you and then start doing the research and the, the picture, first picture that came up on Google was you wearing this big bright gold helmet. I was like, oh, who is this guy? Hopefully it wasn't the parade day. <laughs> no, no, it was on the ice. It was on the ice. Thankfully. Okay, good. <laughs> the next day we had to go meet the uh, mayor as a team. We went on the bus. <clears throat> yeah. I was still in one. <laughs> Can't but, imagine that. No. Well, when you win it, you got to floor it, folks. Don't forget to. <laughs> I did every time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the gold helmets, they they bring a whole different element to a party, man. You can give people medals, whatever, trophies. You put a whole team in gold helmets, your night can get really carried away. <laughs> it is way more fun than when Germany makes you wear one to be the top scorer. That shit is awful. Getting them as a team, that's fun. <laughs> so then you get back into hockey. So the league switched. So it goes to the BNL, and yep. that's not the EIHL. So what yep. – I don't know. What is the BNL? That, that was the league below the Super League. So, so there's the still a league Super down. League, but the Devils dropped yep. out of it, probably for muddy reasons because they're overpaying yep. people to try and, and then, compete. And then, yeah, and then the, yeah, the, the team went bust, and then the year later the league went bust because nobody could – kind of uh nobody could back up what they were spending so then that's when the elite league was born and it was almost a reset i think it started off 10 10 imports and it was you know it, it was a step back from the super league but a step up from the the bnl and the devils were one of the founding cl- um clubs for that so then i then i stepped back into into that and uh then played for the next however many years it was after that so uh i guess uh you won the challenge cup twice then eh, as a player. So any yep. good, uh, any good memories from that? Good celebrations. You get, get the team kicked out of any hotels. Uh, so we won it in the, the challenge. Cup. I think we won it in Cardiff. Um, so it was a two. So that would have been downtown then. Cause you're not playing yep. the challenge yeah, it was, cup it was, in the big blue tent. <laughs> it was, it was downtown. So it was a two legged one. We'd gone up to Coventry and shit the bed in that game. And I think we were four one down. Um, uh, one of my old teammates, Regan Darby, had a, a big fight late on in the game with uh, Graham Belak, with Wade Belak's uh, brother, 
and that kind of turned the momentum and all of a sudden our guys were pumped up and we're like, you know, we still got some life in us. Fights can change games. Uh, yeah, yeah, it did. There was a total momentum swing from that. And then when we came down to the, um, the, the Cardiff game, the owner at the time, Bob Phillips, he, he loved shenanigans. So he was looking for ways that he could um, influence this game. And, um, you know, uh, Martin Maloney and Ricky Maloney that, uh, that you've had on the sponsors with uh, NIA Security. Um, NIA or NIA? NIA, NIA. NIA, NIA. Either way, they're keeping people safe at the Devil's Games now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And uh, I think Bob had gone to Martin and said, give me your biggest, baddest security guys, and I need them down the rink early. So they did. So they locked the front doors of the rink, and they stood out the front. So when Coventry unloaded their bus, um, they were ready to go in the rink to play this final, you know, the second game of the final. They weren't letting them in. Nope. No, you're not going in. So they made them wait outside. So, you know, they're getting pissed off already. Um, in the dressing room, he's probably cranked up the heat. Uh, he had all these security guys lined up down the stairs just to intimidate them because the, the, the locker rooms were underneath the stands. So you had to walk down the stairs into the locker rooms. So you had all that intimidation going on. And then the lights go out in the rink. We already had the heads up. It was going to happen. Um, but he's, you know, he's tripped the fuse. Oh. And all this happened and, and we go out and it's just, the place is electric because the, you know, the DJ and everything, they've got the, the crowd singing all the Welsh rugby songs sort of thing. And it was just crazy. And then we go out, we get an early goal. So everybody, you know, it's only two goals now. And then they've got another one. And then we end up winning that game on uh, in a penalty shootout. Um, a penalty shootout to win the championship. To win That's the championship. Baloney. And the guy, the guy that got the winning penalty shot, I think it was his first game for us. We, were da- we had somebody injured. And it was Regan Darby's buddy who was who just retired, but he was a hell of a player, uh, Reggie Stranger, and uh, he came in and you know he ended up scoring the win, winning penalty shot in his his first game. So that was like a crazy party. After we went up in the old drink bar that everybody used to talk about, and then Brad Voss has gone back to his apartment, which was downtown, and changed into this like stupid outfit. Next thing we've taken the the Challenge Cup. All the guys have left the bar and we took the, the cup to soda bar, put it on the bar and, you know, everyone's drinking out the cup and we left it on there. And then the cup ended up down Chippy Lane full of chips, <laughs> cheese and gravy. And uh, all the boys eating chips, cheese and gravy out, out of the Challenge Cup. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. <laughs> One thing I was going to say is that guy pulled all the stuff for that game is I totally get what you're saying because even for coaches by under 11s, I never talked about this, but that first tournament we were in, uh, when we were in the finals, we show up to the finals and the the ice is empty, right? Like there's nobody on before us. So like my boys are ready. It's about 10 minutes before, like it's actually supposed to start. So I go over and talk to the refs. I'm like, Hey, so like, do you guys want to start like a little early? We're all ready. We're fired up. They're like, yeah, give us about, you know, four minutes and we'll be ready. And uh, they're like, is the other coach into this? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so then I go in, I get my team all fired up. And uh, and then we go like, and the other thing is learning from Todd Kelman is all the small details. Like I remember he used to, uh, whatever, I won't get into it. But like, I make sure that when, once I do my pregame speech, every door is opened already for the kids. So they don't get stopped from once they get all fired up, they don't wait at a door. They go running on the ice and they're out there and they're gone because it all matters. And I, we do that. We go out early. 
And then all of a sudden this other team is scrambling. They're like, what, why the hell are they out there already? <laughs> and then all of a sudden I see them scrambling to come out and well, guess what? We beat you. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. We got the lead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I know the little games in hockey. That's what makes it fun, right? Yep, it is. Yeah. And that, uh, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. Um, not so great. The next, I think the next night we played and we had to fly to Edinburgh and you had to play the night after winning the challenge yeah, cup. Yeah. Guys were in one, as you can imagine. Oh yeah. Like we had to play three days later. We couldn't even, I know and that was we like couldn't even scrounge up enough something. energy. Yeah. Oh, that was ugly. Wasn't it? Well, I don't know. I thought I played fine, but I'm a pro. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were scrambling around to try and find a place that could do like IVs to try and replace some of the goodness in, in everyone's bodies. <laughs> oh, struck out. <laughs> yeah. It was a tough, tough go there for a couple of days after that one. <laughs> so um, you do play six years in the EIHL then, eh? What's the most memorable seasons or I guess, and what about the best players? And I not best players, like the people you remember uh, as teammates, I guess, in your yeah. six years as a player. I, mean, I think one of the best teammates was Brad Voth, who's obviously a big legend in Cardiff. Um, <laughs> dodging the dodging the shed, though, punk. Oh, is he? Is oh, he? yeah. Oh, I had yeah. an end to him through Daryl Andrews and the George yeah. brothers and just yeah. kept dip dodging. Thought I had him, then I lost him. It's one of those fish that get off the hook, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I met Daryl Andrews in uh, when I went to see Vata for Stampede. And, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one, one of the first nights that we went out there. <laughs> so you had fun then, I imagine? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, my best friend, Paul Sample, played on a team with Daryl Andrews in Sheffield. And we were both over there visiting Vata in Stampede. So he knew Daryl anyway. So yeah what, what a mix that was oh yeah uh, daryl's a fun time i played yeah. with him and soon do you ski yeah awesome guy um but so, so yeah, author, Vothra, yeah. so Vothra, he i could give him a player review but i won't because he won't come to my shed but yeah, yeah. he's got to he's got to earn that hasn't he he does um and then you know the, the british guys you know i mentioned sam's um but you know guys like phil hill jonathan phillips who's still going in sheffield that you've had on the pod yeah um you know we we grew up together those guys are a bit younger than me but um you know when, when we were in the devils coming through the elite league years um and just before that actually uh you know they'd all played on the rage teams as well so we knew each other really well so it was a lot of fun there like everything was geared around you know we, we'd have our team night out on thursdays it was thirsty 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 thursdays um and that, that's the thing so back then so i've always worked and juggled hockey you know so even though i was playing pro i was I was training less than other people. So I used to train on a Friday ready for the weekend and it would be our team night out on a Thursday. So pretty much every practice that I went to for, for some of the years, I was hammered and it was just, <laughs> and the ones that we didn't go out on a Thursday for whatever reason, it just felt weird. It just didn't feel right. Yeah. But, uh, that was our team night out was the Thursday. <laughs> it skated off on Friday and then play the games on the weekend. So Games uh, oh, the games changed so much. Like, man, even like I was in the AHL, step away from the AHL. When I showed up there, it was still not that uncommon to like finish practice and go across the road and have soup sandwich and a couple beers. <laughs> <laughs> not the same anymore, I don't think. <laughs> okay, what's who's about what about memorable coaches as a player? Is there anybody that really helped you or believed in you gave you a little more of a chance or what yeah I mean it was uh you know I was always a, a lower line guy so you know some coaches would just stick with their guys you know and, and just 
keep e- even if they're not having a good night they'd never even make if they're any... not having a good night and you just kind of itching going like at least just throw me out there i'll get a bit of energy going but so, some guys didn't um we had a, a guy who it seemed to be the way at, at one point where you would be captain of the devils and then next thing you'd be coach of the devils and we had a guy that i played with ed patterson um he then went on to be the coach and you know I, we mentioned before I didn't play for a year or, or so before so I was sort of working my way back in and I wasn't really being given a chance by other coaches and then Ed came in and he saw how hard I worked in practice and he's like well this guy can give us something in a game so he started spot shifting me into all the lines so even though I was the 10th forward in a three-line league instead of just me waiting there for somebody to take a major penalty or a yeah. 10 minute or or uh, be injured he'd actually find a way to put me in. So he would, you know, if, if a guy wasn't going, he'd throw me up on the on the first line, second line, third line, didn't matter. He just knew that I was going to go out and give it. And uh, and so he was the the one that really stands out that sort of, I, I felt that he appreciate what I could do and believed in me. And then that gives you the confidence to go out and play a bit better. Definitely. Oh, yeah. When coaches believe in you and take a little shine here or at least show that they have some interest to you it can make you play way better right yeah confidence is a crazy thing in hockey when you yeah, look back yeah. on it people don't realize like how how much performances are all about confidence well and there's like so many guys that are like when i think of all the great players i played against there's a lot of guys that got to pro and only lasted a couple of years but if you got one of those coaches that really didn't believe in you like all it takes is one season really to be get buried and be done. Yeah. Like you have to keep having good years or it's over. Yeah. yeah. And even the shifts that you do get, if you got a coach that doesn't believe in you, you're always playing with that thought that if I make a mistake, I'm going to get benched and then you can never play your best hockey. And that's, that's your own mindset too. But like, Sometimes you got to be like, you know what? I got to try something here to get noticed. Cause that's yeah. what I used to do when I went to the HL. I wouldn't try to do anything. I would just try to not make a mistake. Not and, make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Instead of just feeling the rhythm, but okay. So uh, you switched right from being a player right into assistant coaching. That's what the research team found. So how'd that go? Cause I guess Pigsy kind of did the same thing. Yeah. So it was um, a coach then was Jared Adams, who was a, a player coach. Um, and he was a good friend of mine anyway. So we were teammates together. Then he became the coach. He was our captain. Then he became the coach. And like I said, that, it just seemed to happen that way for a period there. Um, so he became the coach, but he was still playing. And um, we were playing in the Challenge Cup semifinal in Belfast. And uh, I had had a run in with one of their best team and I was trying to get under his skin and run him all night. And I had done it in the first leg and um, we had a battle going on. I remember going into where he thought I was going to run him. And then I thought he thinks I'm going to run him. So I'm actually going to take the puck this time and see, we were goal down. So I might get a breakaway, you know, could get back in it. Anyway, I step round him. He puts his knee out. I blow my knee out and that's my game over. Um, and G was playing. We had a few guys out and we were struggling. So I had said to him, as I got injured, like this is literally, I've just blown my knee out, blew my MCL, but it, it all seized up by then. I said, do you want me to just to jump on the bench and be an extra pair of eyes for you? He's like, yeah, that would be great. You know, it's a lot going on here. So I did that. And then, you know, after the game found out I blew my knee out, I was out the rest of the year. So I said, what do you want me to do? He goes, well, come on the bench. So I became his kind of bench coach then, just his extra sort of pair of eyes. And we ended up winning the next nine games in a row. Kind of like so, when I started pregame speaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and those things just happened by, 
by chance or by fate or whatever you like. And I was 34 at the time as well. So I knew I didn't have much longer playing and, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So the next the next summer when we were talking, you know, my knee was healthy. I could have played another year. And he's like, no, I want you to stay being the bench coach. He goes, I'll stay as the player coach and we'll see how it works. And, you know, we it worked well. He put a lot of trust in me. I, you know, I gave it back to him. And, uh, you know, we we were a low budget team then, but we always punched above our weight. And, you know, we, we at least kept it interesting. So. So that's how it all started. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's it's cool um, hearing the stories of how people stay in the game, right? It's uh, like you're in Cardiff, you're a hockey guy, you love the Devils, like you got to be a part of it no matter what role it is each year, right? But yep. like, um, it's awesome that uh, it's, I don't know, it's weird when you play for a bunch of teams and like the different relationships you have with the organization and like, I just find in Cardiff, it's like guys like you that have been there since 92. You talk to the fans, a lot of those hard, the hardcore fans that I know, like they have been following this team through everything. And like, once it's their passion, they ain't going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's it. Yeah. I mean, we've got, it's almost like a split now is that you've got the new fans that have come in with the success and, you know, that's all they've known because it's been so successful this last seven or eight years. Um, and then you've got the other half who've been there from day one. Or and remember day. what it used to be like, right? Yeah. When uh, Neil Francis resigned on October 30th, 2013. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, they, they decided to fire Jared Adams, who was the coach that, that I worked with the guy that gave me the chance. And, um, and I've never heard a bad word about him. No, like he, again, you know, would do anything for every guy he cared about everybody so much i mean some some years he was giving up some of his own money to top guys wages up because and then you and then you get rid of a guy like that and yeah. I, like yeah, i had it, heard it, as soon as that happened things really yeah it was you know there was lots going on in the background and they were it was obviously they were trying to get him out some way and it was his actual it was his testimonial year for his 10th year with the team <laughs> and they, they the, the owner actually told me yeah we're going to get rid of him and we want you to take a bigger role in terms of running it with with my guy so you you kind of um show him the ropes and i said no you got the wrong guy he said if he goes i'm done that's it and that's the loyalty and that's just being good dudes and yeah hockey there's some tough people out there and uh but like i don't know it's the the good folks are the ones that hang around the longest i find right yeah and you know people people say oh that must have been hard for you to resign from the club that you love and stuff like that I was like no it was, it was easy it was right. easy there's no way I wanted to be a part of what was going on that's not my club that's that's not what this club but does. you got it your club again when uh that right after that then you uh help get uh you help organize the takeover from the Calgary four right yeah and it was uh again you know when you talk about things happening for a reason and fate and all that kind of stuff then this did I mean it was I reached out to, to Todd because I knew him through Sam's, um, you know, best friend who played in Belfast with Todd. Um, and, you know, I, I, because he's so respected around the league hockey wise, I just reached out to him for some advice and said, look, Cardiff isn't going to exist um, in the next six months. If it carries on like this, it will not exist. The money is gone. The player treatment is gone. Uh, it's not going to happen. So, um what can we do? And he said, well, actually <laughs> some friends of mine want to buy a team. And I was like, oh, okay, now you've got me. And uh, 
lots and lots and lots happening in the background, you know, with, with a, you know, a number of people helping out. But um, eventually uh, those guys took over the team and we couldn't ask for oh. any better guys, as you know. Well, we I mean, I, like I had, I had them in the shed and it's like, they're just like us and they love the devils. Yeah. They'll do anything for them. They, yep. they're not doing it to make money. They're doing it because it's their passion. And yep. Um, they want to see winning and that is everything you can ask for out of yeah, owners uh, of a hockey team. Yeah, and one I mean, of them's going to put up one of these jerseys at 403, whatever at Calgary. I forget what it's Shosty's called. Shosty's new bar. Char- yeah. Shosty's new pub in uh, Calgary. He's putting one of these up on the walls, folks. Shit's getting real in the shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Buenos for the boys, folks. Friday yeah. night. It's going to oh. get crazy. <laughs> We're excited to have the fans back. It's been something like six weeks now without fans, which is just weird. You know, it's. Well, um, you know, what's funny is you guys have won a lot more without them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> hey, fans, it's, don't forget my my talk before yeah, exactly. Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Don't what, be punks. That's <laughs> what fans need to realize is that <laughs> if we go a goal down, it's not the end of the world. And that's like as much as fans can influence in a positive way by yeah. you know getting going when that rink goes quiet because it makes your butthole pucker up as a player every player starts squeezing a little bit tighter and it's you know then Not all of a sudden stick, you find folks. yourself <laughs> 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 it's uh it then you can find yourself two down and then you're in one but um i mean uh what we did find in behind closed doors is we went behind a lot because you're just flat coming out. Not that you want to be flat, not that you don't address but it. Sometimes, and... sometimes you can work your way out of that. You can have a tough first period and yep. then you find it. Then, then yep. you find it. But it, you're right. Cause I've played on teams that whatever teams this, these may have been say your goalie's not that good. Okay. And every time the other team crosses the red line, you're like, Oh no, Oh no. Oh, here it comes. Right. And like, you can't play hockey that way as a team, you're never going to be feeling the rhythm. And it's the same when the fans are doing that, you get the snowball rolling one way or the other. And it's like the way you guys turned it around there after Christmas and the snowballs rolling. Like if it's the same with the fans, if you score the first goal and they start rolling, same as Wally night, right? When Marty scores the first one and then you're topless in the crowd and then the snowballs rolling next day, you know, there's a second, (laughs) there's a third goal. And then all of a sudden you won, right? Yeah, that's it. So yeah, that's what we've, we've had to battle with over the, the, the six games is that, you know, quiet start and goal and a goal behind, but then, guys were getting into it and it, because it's so quiet the teams are at each other a lot more because you can hear every word and you know i think we play better when we got a bit of swag about us or a bit of chip um and you know then we started taking over games and um yeah so i mean we just hopefully we can improve our starts when the fans go in and then get it rolling again and so and then the this snowball keep, continues to roll the right yeah way. keep the pressure on those uh the orange guys and the teal guys so yeah, same teams again this year, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, it's uh, really cool that you've been a part of the Devils the way you have been and, like, how you saved them. Because, uh, you know, like it's like you say fate and the way things work out is, like, if you guys don't do that that year and you don't reach out to Todd and they don't buy the team, I'm never in Cardiff. A lot of us never are, and we never meet each other. 
and I'm not out in the shed doing this. And, uh, you know, it's very weird. It is crazy when you, when you think how, you know, things could go in so different directions and one, one thing just changes a million and one other things. It really does. Like, and, uh, yeah, changes whole people's lives, right? That's it. Um, anyways, uh, so what do I got here? I don't know if I got anything else other than, uh, your favorite restaurant in Cardiff or Penarth, same place, really. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, did you ever go to the custom house in Penarth in the Marina at the end of the Marina? I know it's Todd. I think that's the one. Is that the one Matt Carruth might've said? Somebody said that one. I've heard that name. It's where you go up to the counter and you like basically pick your steak that you're going to have. Really? No, I never went there. That sounds like it's out of my budget. (laughs) I was on the MBA program, (laughs) Freddie, and I had two kids. Well, when, when you sort of recommend it to people and they're like, well, I don't know, if I'm paying decent money for a steak, I want them to serve it to me and come up and take my order. But it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's more of like, a, I guess, a, a European feel to it where they've got all the meat and the fish in the counter and you go up there and you give your table number and you order it and then they bring it in. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, I think it's probably my favorite. I think you're not the first person to say that place and I never did get there. So yeah. kind of. Wally, Wally night too. We'll go there. We might need to make that happen. Have to figure out how to do a live podcast, maybe at the bar, right? Yeah. Have a couple of players on after the game, maybe Todd and you before the game. Who knows, right? A lot of options, Todd. Yeah. (laughs) Wally night too. Sow the seed. (laughs) Hey, but seriously, I I can't thank you enough for coming on. I know we're both busy and we got a lot of shit to do. So, (laughs) Um, but uh, no, like it's great catching up and that's why I love doing this, man. Like you've, you altered my life with uh, everything you've done for me. So cheers, buddy. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. And, you know, it's good good to get in the shed finally. And, you know, I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. So <laughs> I've been listening um, to all the episodes. So uh, I enjoy it, you know, hearing and love what you're doing and, uh, and keep it going. I know it's a uh, lot of hard work, but a lot of people you know, uh, thriving on listening to, to all the stories that you get out. Well, that's like, I love hearing the stories. I love coming out here. It is becoming a bit hard to juggle everything. (laughs) I am quite busy. Um, and sometimes I can feel a little overwhelmed, but you know what, (laughs) this is what I want to do. So I'm going to find time for this. It's maybe, (laughs) you know, I got to, find more time or something but doing this side of way yeah it. well you, you know you can talk about it or be about it right <laughs> yeah uh but like getting on at 6 30 till 8 that's not that bad of a deal and now i start work for the day and we'll just carry on right <laughs> that's it with a spring in your step hopefully absolutely <laughs> well it's great seeing you again buddy keep the team rolling eh okay Thanks, and, Wally. And I can't wait for Buenos for the Boys, folks, Friday. And get your raffle tickets for the Sunday jersey, even if it's not a Devil's jersey. And this has been an episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Freddie and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all Cause they got no rhythm And that's alright Some people they drink too much Some people don't drink enough Some people are just like me I hope y'all forgive them I'm like Scott, I'm a gold band I'm like Pete 
I'm not for 